behind the shade. And if there's one thing that has been kind of thrown in our face with a beaming spotlight on it is mental health and how we're trying to cope, not being able to see those those around us who we love because of lockdowns or because of certain restrictions. And in your situation, um, when someone who's very close to us gets sick during this climate, it's definitely different than getting sick in 2019. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like that you, when you, I, I guess these are the time when you think that I'm going to be in my 20s, I'm going to move out, I'm going to explore my life and my, whatever, my options. And you think that, yeah, your parents are going to be okay on their own because they're adults and they know how to survive. And then this happened and you realize, no, like you have a family back home, you have people to care about and you cannot just live life like, you know, thinking about yourself. So it definitely has, I am assuming there might be a lot of people and God forbid where the loved one went to hospital and never came back. But indeed, for me, it was a huge reflection on what kind of relationships um, with our parents and within ourselves we want to pursue. So I guess, yeah, if, with every harsh time, there's good thing that comes out of it. So gladly, we learned a lot through this experience. And it has been really hard two months. Um, but of course, everything, you know, has at times. And you, you just learn your lesson in your life through that. And I'm confident things will continue to get better for you and your family as a result of that. I totally believe. I totally believe and pray yeah, this will be the case. So I guess we can officially get started. Yeah. And I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades. With me, Terrain, I have my friend here who's gone through quite a bit, but she's going to share such a wonderful and inspiration journey with each and every one of you. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thank you, Tareen, for having me on Behind Shades. Uh, my name is Dr. Ayman. I'm an aesthetic surgeon and I'm a spokesperson for Asian Muslim communities around the world. I've been working with Asian Muslim communities for 10 years now on different non-profit organizations. We have been running an oral care organization and mental health organization in Asian Muslim communities. And recently I have launched my podcast. Uh, to portray the problem and issues and achievement and actually is the representation of Asian Muslim communities around the world because I thought that we are so much underrepresented and there's not much being positively talked about Asian Muslim countries, especially in mainstream media. So yeah, this is me, Dr. Ayman. Perfect, perfect. And that's such an, uh, a lovely introduction. And I think um, it's a topic that needs to be discuss uh, definitely freely and openly. Um, I think I shared this with you when you first started connecting. Um, South Asians um, have been a big part of my life and my upbringing. Um, I grew around, uh, I grew up around the religion, I grew up around the culture, um, and the people um, have always been very pleasant, very welcoming. They've welcomed me into their homes, they welcomed me into their life, into their lifestyle. One thing that I was able to learn uh, because I grew up without my mother or my father was the, the sense of community and the sense of family. So speak on some of the issues that you maybe personally have in, have experienced or those you're trying to help just to shed light on what it is that um, South Asian women or, or women in general may go through for those who may not understand. So like you mentioned, Taryn, 
South Asian has a bigger part, like the families and communities, really important for us. And if you would go back and see the dynamic where the South Asians are coming from, you would realize that most of the South Asians were a colony. Like for a large time, they were colony of Mughals, they were colony of Turks. Later, they became colony of British people, right? So when you are for so long under um, a dynasty or under a rule, you start beco- becoming kind to each other. You start having a duty towards each other to save your people, to save their rights. So this is the best thing about South Asian. Wherever in the world you would go, you will always found a South Asian that would be love to help you out, that will be there to be for you. We are best of the families when it comes to supporting each other we have our best of community when it uh, comes to being close to each other and when it comes to uh, you know uh, being in difficult situation actually but when we come to south asian women i think because we have been under the rule for so many years we started to realize our women were vulnerable at that time they were not safe they were easily made slaves they were easily um, being brought for slave trade in around different worlds they were being raped they were molested they were harassed by their rulers so south asians started to develop this thinking that our women are really weak and we have to protect them yeah this could be good for some time and it definitely was a need of that time but with development with uh, the pace of time that we have been developing people have traveled now none of the south asian countries are in any kind of rule most uh, all the countries are independent but the still prevailing thinking that women are weak and they need support throughout their time might not be the best of thing for the lot of women that are south asian especially in indian pakistan region bangladesh sri lanka because the women here they want to develop they are self developing themselves they want to take their decision so now there is a cultural barrier that has been here for so many years and that barrier has not developed itself right and that barrier includes um, divorces the stigma around divorces the stigma around working women the stigma around working moms the stigma around taking decision within your own the stigma around the sexuality of women there are so many stigmas and taboos that are being attached to south asian women now that not only the south asian woman has to fight those stigmas within her family within her community to develop herself but then there has been years and years of mental health that has been intergenerational trauma that is, is being passed to her and she has to take care of that as well and thirdly because what happened when before there was time when south asian women were living in within the home they had to take care of the kids they had to take care of the home they didn't have the independent self but now a lot of young south asian women want to develop the individual personality so they do not get that privilege to take decision or to make a decision to be that independent person and to say that i don't want to be part of a culture that has been here for so many years right so these are one of the few things 
I, I by saying few, I am undermining the aspect of them. But these might be one of the huge things right now in South Asian community that is being healed. And for South Asian women, these are becoming bigger of a problem. Like these might be a door to bigger problem that are developing each and every day. So is it that that type of experience, right? Um, because that experience is something that it appears to have been going on generation after generation, which doesn't make it right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just the history and the genesis of it. Um, with all those experiences, how do, let's say you, for example, take all those experiences and empower the next generation of women? You're able to still honor your family in the way that you want to honor them, but you also can do these other things as well. How do you explain that to them and get them to feel more empowered to continue forward? So, Karen, what I have learned through my experiences and working in South Asian communities, I think and I totally believe the wind of rebellion that has been here in South Asian women recently, and it, it, it has so many reasons. And, and I wouldn't say that it might be good or it might be bad. It has worked for some people, it, it hasn't worked for others. But you know, when you have to revolt, when you have to revolve a society, you have to be really calm and it needs to work it. We are what we are through years and years of history that we had through our generation. So now when I uh, teach other South Asian women that are coming from my community and those are coming from different ethnicities, different countries, I tell them there's one thing that has been common in all of us. We, what this um, community has given us, it has given us good management, it has given us good command, it has given us the power of responsibility and above all, it has given us the power of control. Because if you see in South Asian households, Emphasis on a girl's child is most on her upbringing, how she sits, how she uh, how she eats, uh, how she how much responsible she is, what kind of education she is taking. So what I always say to my um, peers and to my colleagues and the other women that come to me for consultation on these issues that use these things within for your power, not against you not go against the rule, not go against the stream. But you know, you have to mellow yourself within the stream. You have to make them understand that you are their friend. If you are living within the South Asian region, we know the woman representation in these regions. It's not much developed here right now. So what we have to do, we have to excel our skills and push into our next generation, the next generation of South Asian young girls who are living in this region does not have to face the same problem that our generation or the generation before us has to face. That's a good point. And you raised a very good point in regards to community because I think in many aspects, that is what's missing. And when I say community, I don't mean houses, a park, you know, roads and things like that. I think of a community as like-minded people. So, when the community is missing, I think you start to have gaps, especially in the household, because it's not like it's a thousand years ago where if you and I had a dispute, we can go to the elder of the community and they would say, okay, you know what? 
let me hear your side. Let me hear your side. We have a form of that law, police, and judge and jury, yeah. but we don't have the community leaders like we once did. And you mentioned that um, one thing that seems to be very strong outside North America, where I am, is that sense of community. And then sometimes when people migrate over here, in a way, it's lost. But I believe is happening and this is just based on the, the numbers and things like that we're starting to see maybe a separation of two people we're not as close anymore we have more acquaintances than we have friends we have more friends than we have family members and by family members i mean people that you'd actually go and see you'd call how are you doing are things all right do you need bread do you need butter do you need eggs i think as we continue to get away from that we're experiencing some of the problems that you're experiencing now. And I look at people that were there for me when I was growing up and what they taught me to now where I'm in a situation where, yes, you want to be strong enough, aware enough and knowledgeable enough to teach yourself. But where are the mentors now? Right. Where are those who are older that are able to guide you? Is this something that you have personally experienced where you're growing up, being a part of the community that you are, seeing what you've seen, now you are helping people, but is there someone to help you? So, Ted, this is a really good question. You know, um, I do think about it a lot. And what one thing that I have been thinking for many years and I do realize there has been a huge gap in the mentors in community. Like before, we had so many people within the community to help each other. Like you mentioned, that yeah, the spirit of community might not be as strong in North America that is in Asia. But have you realized that in recent years, there is a huge boom of internet, social media, and the family values and the sense of the community has started to weaken. And it has not weakened because we don't have community anymore. We are not living in the same houses. If you would understand the dynamics of the South Asian families, we do still live in a big, large family within the same neighborhood, within the same houses, within the same compounds. It's just like black people. We live all, all live on the same street, right? But there is a huge difference of thinking in the old generation and new generation. And you know what is the sad part? That the board generation does not want to understand or come to a point where they would understand that okay on these points we can compromise the older generations are thinking that the newer generation are of no use so they would want to help them but with the thinking that they have learned for so many years ago but now the newer generation has new kind of tools they are seeing things through social media you and I won't remember while growing up, we have this much privilege. I, I, to be really honest, I would never have thought growing up that I might be able to talk to a black person living in North America about my community. If you would have asked me maybe um, 15 years ago, I would have never met you, right? Because we didn't have this sort of communication. We did not have these sort of technology. Now, I would have, I, now when we are talking i'm getting to know about your community what is being happening in north america what kind of culture is there and there might be good or bad things about your culture and then you are understanding about my culture and what where i am coming from 
so these are the things now the younger generation have been interacting with each other they are getting to know about each other communities they are taking points from each other communities so what has happened the older generation which still have certain restrictions within their minds they have still those restrictions and the younger generation are watching things as no borders they are watching things have ever having no uh, you know the sky is the limit they are seeing things like that having no limits at all so when they are making the decision their decision are more of daring decision their decision are more risky decision so that's why the institution of mentorship has shaken too much so um, even though i am in south south asian but part of me come from arab heritage and black heritage my grandmother was black person my um, grandfather was arab and then my other grandparents were south asian so i grew up flowing and traveling to different countries right so whenever i used to come back to pakistan i used to feel there's a huge gap between the thinking of my and my siblings or my parents of what my other cousins or the people within my community have unfortunately it was so hard for me to relate to them what they were talking because i was coming even though i was younger in age i was coming from so much bigger differences uh, 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 so much variety of experiences than they were coming from when i was just 13 years old i already have visited 13 15 countries but some of the, these adults or some of these older people within the family have not even gone out the younger the older women in the families my i remember my grandmother never even left the home right you know like she was so much because she was a basic asian muslim woman so we have this sort of community that women does not leave home without the permission of husband so we were living coming from different psychologies and then my mother and then my auntie so definitely there was a huge gap in thinking and i always felt that because of this there has been huge gap of mentorship as well and with generation to generation this gap is definitely um, you know losing itself is becoming huge for the next generation before if somebody was 20 years older than you you would you could relate to them on certain points in life but now even if somebody is just 5 years younger than you they are going out with such huge high pace rails that you cannot even relate to them because for li- life is changing so much for them just yesterday i had this experience so i graduated my medical university in year 2015 and i was discussing it with some my junior she was 5 years junior than me and the experiences that we were talking about our university life the way we did our undergrad and i was thinking like just in 5 years it's not much of a big time she just graduated this year but we have totally different experiences even coming from the same university even coming from the same educational program right and we went out but for me it wasn't diff- so much different when i was graduating i would relate so much what even the 10 years older graduate would have to say we could relate on so many things so definitely um there is huge huge gap that we have to fill for the mentors and you know what i always say that before when you used to do mentorship we would always consider what the others has to say right and the younger person would be silent okay the other person might be saying this they might have more experience then i should be silent and try to understand their point of view but now 
with the change that has been happening within our communities i always tell and i always emphasize now you have to stop and think what the younger person is saying and you have to understand from their perspective because believe me these kids might be very young of their age these women might be very young of their age but they have much more variety of experiences and exposure actually you can always debate if this exposure is good or bad but this exposure have given given them much more insights about things so they do want a mentor who has high knowledge what is been happening in the world who has high knowledge of the aspect that is important in their life and who is there to listen to them not give decision not make them act on those decision but listen to them on the things which are important to them that's what it comes down to it comes down to simply evolving or what i like to call adapting because there was a point in time these conversations weren't happening because maybe it wasn't as necessary for it to be discussed now because many of the things that we're discussing now they were always there but it took the courage to discuss it some of the discrimination that certain groups of people are going through was happening for years, decades. But the conversation we're having in the last 2 or 3 years is definitely different than the last conver- than the conversation we're having 20 years ago. There's many groups of people from the color of their skin to their culture to their religion to their sexuality. You can you can you can narrow it down to whatever it is criteria you want to qualify this group of people. They're going through what they're going through. And I think the conversation we're having now are conversations that should have been happening many years ago, but they're happening now. The generation before you and I are saying that you know what these issues were always there, and now either you're going to adapt and attempt to do better, or you're not, and you're going to get left behind. So it's in everyone's best interest to have these conversations, whether it makes us uncomfortable or not, because that's. where you do the most learning when you're uncomfortable. Yeah. How much of your experiences has shaped you into the person you are right now and what kind of experiences are those? Well, yeah, definitely, you know, experiences do play a bigger part in our life and they do change us like before we were talking that how 2020 has changed so many of us. and our perspective about life and our mental health and so many things that has been happening here so definitely just i said that growing up in a brown community i would rather say not south asian but i would say brown community or community of color i did always have the feeling that i i always felt that i do not belong the self of belonging was not never there and now when i realize was it because that i did not like my community or was it because that my ideas were not accepted within the community my experiences were not appreciated enough to be part of community and i realize this is the latest situation where being a woman who was vocal who would knew what my rights are who knew how to be outspoken and to present herself independently i always had this huge barrier to make myself understand within the same people that were living into my community and especially within my family as well i had this huge conflict with my parents for a long period of time where would they would never understand why my career is more important than having a family they they would always like i had this huge i had to go through 
huge struggle unlike my siblings or my male uh, siblings to be uh, evolve my career over the period of time you know there's a thing that in brown families we love to have doctors or engineers uh, even we would love to make a daughter's doctor or engineer but when it comes to pursue professionally and go into your careers and to develop and enhance your skills to go on bigger levels we do not have acceptability for that like i said in the very start of beginning that we have certain ideologies that has been coming from generation to generation and one of the huge ideology that has been here that is associated with the woman and her independence so definitely a huge part of my life especially my teen age and my early 20s was there to struggle to even make small, small decision about my life to even evolve my professional skills because i would never be able to make it understand to my parents like why is it important if i would have to marry i can easily marry a doctor or banker or anyone in a much stable financial aspect and he's going to take care of me for me and you know like you said that although we have to evolve ourselves and it's just very crucial for this time otherwise we are going to be left behind but i guess this is part about brown communities that somehow our elders are not being able to understand maybe it's because we are living uh, within the community or maybe it's because the generation before us that has uh, slow changes that were coming to them than the, our generation so they were not much adaptable to so many rapid changes that has been here in these recent years and our generation has a good adaptability to them but of all the reasons um it was definitely hard for me but you know what it made me it made me really resistant it made me really patient and it made me understand that how i'm going to make myself pass through all these experiences and make myself come my uh, make myself stronger but i do realize that i did have a privilege i might not be from so much stubborn family that the other brown girls might be coming from or other south asian girls might be coming from i might have the advantage of having brothers or having siblings who would understand the aspects that i am coming from but uh definitely lot of women that are coming from same background or same ethnicity that i am in they do not have this privilege that uh they do not have this sense of community or this sense of uh you know mentorship that i had when i was growing up so it not only made me humble within myself but it gave me this gratitude that i have to give back to my community so the problems which i might have had have uh, while growing up and to make my point understand by the generation that was older than me or my family i would have to learn to make it easier for the girls that are coming after me have to teach them into through easy ways and it definitely has given me that sense of um, you know like we said that we have the sense of community and helping that we have to help other so it has given me that huge sense and um you know when i talk to people and especially to my white friend and they would always say it's not your responsibility but where i'm coming from and where i'm standing and where i see my position within my community i think that it's my huge responsibility to help these girls out 
because they do not have much of those opportunities what privilege and what understanding and help i did get to get to this point that i'm sitting here and discussing my situation with you and what i have been through and what i have learned this is not the situation for a lot of girls even my cousin who lives right now next door to me she didn't get this much privilege she was married off just right after her university she didn't get the chance to even pursue her career or to do anything at all and there might be other cousins one of my cousins just getting getting married next week right after coming out of college so yeah so this has give, definitely given me given me that responsibility that this thing that i have fought for so many years this shouldn't die with me because if it's going to die with myself or if i'm not being able to pass this on to the next generation of women we are going to go into the same phase that we were in lot of generation before right there would be no change and no adaptability within our community we are going to stay same stuck at that point and nobody is going to come after us to change us right we have to take care of ourselves and so yeah this is one of the biggest thing that i have definitely learned from my experiences and i am happy for that that they have made me stronger but also i'm happy for the fact that they have turned me into more of a person who would like to uh look out for other women or uh you know have this sense of feeling what i didn't find for myself i should give it back instead of taking it all and run away and not thinking about others because i think it's more important part is to give away what you have how does that make you feel you're helping to provide a life for women that one you don't know right because these are women that you may not come in contact with but you know you're impacting them in a positive way and two how does that make you feel that you're giving them a life that maybe you didn't have growing up but you always wanted you know in start i i i wouldn't say i wasn't scared i was so scared when i was mentoring these women i was always scared what if it is not going to work what if it's it's going to go against them what if if their families entrap them or does not allow them or they they come into a position or situation or circumstances because of my mentoring that they're not able to get out of it or you know and sometimes i i do used to think that ignorance might be bliss what if these women does not have knowledge of their rights and what they should be doing within their life and if nobody tells them they would m- never know like my mother does never know that she should have an independent decision making power or she should have her independent personality out, out of her husband right so if she wouldn't know about it she is never going to regret it she is going to live the just the way it is thinking that it is the normal way of living so when i was starting i was really uh, scared to start off this way because i did not want to shake the dynamics of the community because when you are starting something new and that is strange and unique to other people you get targeted but then i started listening to stories of these women the, the women who were in unhappy marriages but couldn't get out of it because they did not have enough financial stability the women who were in abusive relationship but couldn't get out of it because they were scared that they wouldn't have wouldn't have to see the face of their children because the husband was too powerful 
then i get to see this uh, young girls who would want to study but their brothers or the father might might be too forceful or might be too toxic for them and would not let them out of the home to just study for basic education and then when i started the, meeting these women i realized this would be so mean and evil of me to not pass the knowledge that i have to be this independent to them if even if i might not be able to give them all the education there would be some part of it that i should give back to them at least they would be able to understand what kind of individual they are what kind of mental health they should sustain what are their rights where they should have a standing in society and even if they are not going out of their homes or working in professional environment or multinational corporate sectors they should at least know if they are working within the same home they should have rights over their body what they should be doing within their homes so and then i started teaching these women and at first you know who was my first student who i first started teaching was my mother my mother was in in the best of the relationship with her husband like that is my father uh they are both good people on their own but of course when it comes to a uh, relationship they were not in very good relationship of course they had a very traditional toxic relationship that we have here in brown families a dominating male and bounding woman so when i started teaching her and when i started uh, telling her that how she should uh, be a person of her own i started seeing her blooming and to this day she still thanks me a lot and she has a lot of gratitude for the fact that i taught her so many things and then i turned towards my auntie and then i turned towards my cousins and i started seeing results in them because i always thought that it is best to start within your family and see those changes and when i see these women excelling and then i went out in community and then i started working with my maids and i started working with my neighbors and i have seen these women having so many positive changes coming into themselves it's um warming and it's beautiful to hear that you started with your your mother and you started with other family members and you show them that this is still possible while still maintaining a very loving and strong relationship to the person that you've dedicated your life to and i feel that sometimes we think that if i were to change this it's like you're taking away something from that relationship not necessarily many things we're going to succeed at and some things we're not going to succeed at but we need that that communication that dialogue and the fact that you're able to point these things out and just say hey mom hey auntie have you ever considered this i wanted to highlight that because this can be applicable to romantic relationships marriage friendships everything right because we still need to understand what the other person's expectation is of themselves and of us and how we're going to mutually benefit if you could look back on your life right is there anything that you would change about it if so why then if i would look back at my life um i think at this point at this stage and what i have learned so far i i wouldn't say that there are so many regrets that i have because uh, eventually whenever i think that there was something that happened which has might not have served me right at that point 
turned out into a lesson for me that has made me much better person or it, it it was experience even if it was not serving its anything it at least taught me an experience to not to go through that same thing uh, again but definitely if i would really have to change one thing in my life that would be learning about mental health you know in my teen age i have struggled so much with depression with mental health issues and unfortunately i would never had a mentor who would tell me that these are not big issues i was a, a big girl growing up in south asian community so i always had this problem of body shaming or i was this vocal person growing up so i always had this problem of not being able to represent myself much so there were so many problems which were so much more easier than the look at that time in my teen age and they definitely had huge impact on me when i was growing up now i look back and i say okay maybe they have served me in some way but i think if i would have better knowledge of the fact that what mental health is and these things are not bigger part and these can be resolved it would have been much more better for me i learned about the my first session with psychologist or actually i you would say that i became doctor but still i did not have knowledge there is something called psychologist can you imagine that as was growing uh, throughout the world i even lived independently i was earning on my own i was making good money but i never had this knowledge my first knowledge of knowing that there is a person who could, can help you and this could be coming from the fact that there was lack of mentors uh while i was growing up so my knowledge was in my mid 20s and that was the time that i realized it would have been much more better that if i would have knowledge of it before then i would have been able to tackle my problems much more easily and much more with emotional intelligence better emotional intelligence than i am doing it now and this was one of the factors that has changed my life as well for the fact that you know what i it made me understand that i i might not be crazy person this is something which is normal and and you can always go and talk to someone about that if it could be unfortunate that you were not able to find the appropriate or right person to talk about it at that certain point but this never time for anything you can always go afterward and talk about it afterwards so definitely this has given me much more power and encouragement and made me a much more better and stronger person which i am today I am changing this for younger people now.